We need the official definition of a shart. <laughs> I think you just made me shart right then. <laughs> we need the the Jeff Harold Mary um, Webster. Well, the official official, uh, yep. as Tim would say, the S word mixed with a fart, and it accidentally <laughs> produced something in your undies. Hello, everyone. This is Rory Shefchek, and I'm a big-ass runner from Madison, Wisconsin, where we love our trails, cheese, beer, and badgers on Wisconsin. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. And without further ado, here's your hosts, Jeff Harrell and Steve Pritt. Take it away, guys. Well, thank you, Rory. Stephen, Rory is up, as he said, up in Madison, Wisconsin. We have quite a few listeners up in Madison area. Yeah, we do. And, and you know, that area of the country, once it defrosts, is really pretty. They have some really cool trails up there. And they have lots of cheese. That's true. Yes. I love the cheese curd, Stephen. The squeaky cheese. Mmm, delicious. So delicious. Well, thank you again, Rory, for doing the intro. My name is Jeff Harrell. And I'm Stephen Print. Welcome to episode number 35 of the Big Ass Runner podcast. Yeah, I feel like this is like some kind of special podcast. I don't know why, because 35 just seems like some kind of milestone or something. I it don't does know. feel that way. Maybe it's halfway to 70. I, I haven't done math in a while in my head. I usually just use my iPhone. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's kind of like when you turn 35, it's like, ah, it's a, you know, I'm kind of not necessarily a kid anymore and a little bit more adulting. Yeah, exactly. This is our midlife episode. (laughs) And there may be a crisis that happens too. It's right. Well, we're very excited about this show. We have a segment, Stephen, we've called it, I think we've done it in, in the past, but we're calling it News You Can Use. It's stories that we find out in uh, in the running world that are, you know, are, are helpful or important. And we, I think we have a really special one we want to talk about today. Yep. And, oh my goodness, Stephen, very excited. We have a very special guest. Not going to name any names. Nope. But we have a very special guest in our second segment. But before we get to that, Stephen, we wanted to discuss something that came up during our last trail race this past weekend. Yeah. So after the race, I think this is something that everybody can relate to. So you and I were talking and it's really this this love-hate relationship, at least that we've had, with the all-encompassing gel. Yeah, we're calling this what the gel because like you said, Stephen, it is a love hate. And I think, you know, we both ran roads before we ran trails. Right. And gels, I think, have their place. Especially when you're doing a road race, you don't have a lot of space to put items and you want to stay as light as possible. Right. You grab the water when you run by the hand, you know, they hand you the the Gatorade cup, you know, throw it on the <laughs> ground like you're all that. And you don't, you don't want to carry a lot of things. So to get calories in your body quickly, that's where I think gels serve a purpose. Yeah. But then when you start doing trail races, you've got aid stations. That's true. Yeah. And for me, gels, I started using, like you said, road races and also like triathlons. So you, you kind of put them on, tape them on your bike. Oh, but but there's this thing about them, you know, it's like you, like you said, Jeff, you kind of know that you need them in either situation, but yet there's just, I don't know about you, but I, when I would, would get gel, it's like, 
you got to tear it off. And, you know, if you're running fast for a road race, it's not necessarily convenient. It throws off your form or you're doing other sports and that kind of stuff. And then sometimes you, it's like, what do you do with your trash? And then it's instantly like this sticky. gelatinous, sticky, yes, the stickiness. And then it's like, I don't know about you, but I just hate having sticky hands for another whatever you're doing. It's all these other miles. And what I would end up doing is sticking the the empty packet in my shorts pocket and yes. you forget it's there. <laughs> and then you discover it like a week later. Yeah. And it's all crusted and disgusting. Yeah. No. And then it's like some of these, you know, they have holes where you can tie them onto things. And some of them have these like tear away things. Like now I think they make them where when you tear it off, it's like a little umbilical cord kind of thing. It's <laughs> attached to it. I think for me, Jeff, the thing about gels that I really didn't like is like you said, it's kind of this necessary energy food that you need, but Every time, no matter what it said on the cover, it's like mocha madness or birthday cake. It, it, it tasted a little bit, but for me, it would just make my stomach like it almost wasn't worth it. Yeah. And I did a little research, Stephen, because it did the same for me. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if the interwebs have anything that we can <laughs> learn from about this particular topic. So I... yeah. I used the Googles. Oh, wow. And, Very powerful tool. And the data scientists actually helped out. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually come clean here. The data scientists were the ones that helped me get to the data that I really needed. But here's what I found out about gels, Stephen. All right. Gels are primarily made with sugar, fructose, glucose, all the oses. All the toses? The toses. Well, apparently sugar loves water. And the fancy chemistry term for water-loving... Sounds so weird. <laughs> is hygroscopic. So after eating Ooh. a gel, uh -huh. the simple sugar quickly leaves the stomach and enters the small intestine. Yes. Isn't that crazy? That is. That's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the concentration of sugar uh -huh. is too high, the water will move into the intestine through osmosis to dilute it. Okay. So it's trying to dilute all the sugar so it moves through into the small intestine. Well, water moving out of the body and into the intestines to dilute sugar leads to dehydration despite how much you drink. Wow. Very interesting. So these two processes result in what most endurance athletes call, you ready for this? Yeah. Gut rot. That's so true. Yes, because you when you have these gels and you're you're taking them, you you feel like your stomach's just like. Well, I there mean, is. You just heard the scientific that was yes data scientist approved <laughs> definition, and here's what gut rot will do. It will give you a combination. This is probably the worst combination I may have ever heard of bloating, cramping, nausea, and diarrhea. You know, all that list is like the pantheon things that you want while you're running. It's like, yeah. you know what? While I'm running, you know, I'd like to have these these four things. I'd love to have bloating, cramping, nausea, and uh, yeah, and a little diarrhea just to kind of mix it up a little <laughs> just bit. Just to top it off. Right, exactly. So to speak. Who doesn't want that on a long oh, run? Oh my goodness. So yeah, there's a little bit of uh, in, inside baseball, Stephen, on why we don't like gel so much. There's actually scientific proof as to why. I just thought it was me, honestly, when I first started taking gels. I feel like it's like a, a medicine. I mean, I would try different brands. I won't go into all the brands I tried. I, there's even this one brand that's really expensive, and a lot of elite athletes use it. And my neighbor, who's a marathoner, 
she swore by it and she's like, Steven, you have to try this brand. And, and I did, and actually was worse. I, I took it on just like a training run and I literally had to stop. It just, it did, it just did not literally sit. So maybe I had, I had this, this whole, whatever you just said going on, <laughs> whatever that thing I said was right. Well, I'm sure there are people out there that do do like gels. Maybe it sits fine with their stomachs. I think when you have the the gut rot with the sticky, and then you find the packet in your shorts, it's just it's just not it's not working. Yeah, and I and again, like even when we're running, I, to me, it's like one other thing to think about. It's like I I don't know about you guys, but like when do you take your goo or your gel, and like how do you space it out, and how many do you bring, and all those kinds of things. I think you and I were talking after our race was I was trying to not stop at aid stations. I was just trying to do a different kind of race for myself. And then it was like, okay, you know, my mind, like, okay, when am I going to take this next gel and what stages and can I do them in the right order and that kind of stuff. So it is, it's just a little different, um, science to it. And I think it's different for everybody and, and, and what their, what their gel strategy is. Well, if you disagree, if you actually enjoy gels, let us know. I'm sure we'll hear from some people, Stephen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we, we found one that I really like. And I think you like them too. It's they're called Spring Energy. And it's the, probably the only one that I've had where I don't get that gut rock, you know, kind of feeling. It's not as sticky. I mean, obviously, it's got some stuff in it, but it's not as sticky. And I felt like when I when I take it, it, it doesn't, doesn't make my stomach turn, which is like... That and then definitely not the trivecta bloating, cramping, nausea, and the diarrhea. Quadfecta. Yeah, the quadfecta of that. Um, definitely not not the case for that. And and you know I don't know about you, Jeff, but they have some really good flavors. Well, Spring Energy is a. And by the way, we're not sponsored right. by Spring <laughs> Energy in any form or fashion, but they they are made from real food. I think that's the difference. Yeah, and that is also why they're a little bit more expensive. I just ordered my second batch, and it's almost like a treat. It's almost like they've got this flavor Stephen, called awesome sauce and it is that it's like cinnamon cinnamon applesauce and it is awesome so i actually use those in my training runs as well so i don't have to you know because you're not there with a pb and j sandwich like you would at an aid station right you can pop those in really quickly so if if you're having trouble with gels and gut rot like we were Check out Spring Energy. Yeah, they're good stuff. It's really good food. I think you'll like it. So reach out. Let us know what, what your favorite gel is or what your your gel strategy is. But for us, it was really like, what the gel is going on? What the gel is going on? Well, with that, Stephen, it's time to get going on episode number 35. I've got a belly, got a belly, got a belly, belly. I've got a belly, got a belly, got a belly, got a belly, belly. I've got a belly, got a belly, got a belly, belly. I've this belly since. Well, Stephen, as a service to the big ass runner community out there, every once in a while, there'll be stories that are happening out in the news that we may just want to bring to the show. It could be a serious story. It could be a funny story. It could be all of the above. Yeah. No, we thought this would be kind of a fun segment. We've done something like that before, but we're calling it News You Can Use. Oh, I want to use some news. I know. I think we have a good one today, Jeff, because I think there's a, a special story we want to tell, and I think it's definitely a timely one. It is, and you may have heard of Team Hoyt, and that is 
Dick and his son, Rick Hoyt. And Stephen, maybe folks saw in the news this past week that Dick Hoyt passed away at the age of 80. And his story is amazing. I remember the first time I heard about Team Hoyt is when they did the triathlon. I think it was in Kona, Uh probably 10 or 12 years ago. And I remember seeing the video and someone put it to music and it was just unbelievable. And so we wanted to share a little bit more about about Team Hoyt today. Yeah. And and these guys have an amazing story. And like you, Jeff, I I was doing triathlons before I did trail running and I, I had heard about them. And I think maybe seen the same the same one and just an incredible story of of these guys. We thought just really interesting and we thought it'd be really good just to kind of share that story, but also just kind of give us some takeaways from it. Well, let me tell you a little bit about, about the story. So Dick and his wife, Judy Hoyt, they had their son, Rick. He was born in 1962 in Holland, Massachusetts. And unfortunately, as a result of oxygen deprivation to Rick's brain at the time of his birth, Rick was diagnosed with spastic quadriplegic with cerebral palsy. And as a result, his brain cannot send the correct signals to his muscles. And Dick and Judy were advised by doctors to institutionalize Rick because there was really no chance of him recovering and really little hope for Rick to live what people would consider a normal life. Right. And his parents held on to the fact that Rick's eyes would actually follow them around the room, which gave them hope that somehow he would be able to communicate someday. And the Hoyts took Rick every week to the Children's Hospital in Boston, where they met a doctor who encouraged them to treat Rick like any other child. And Rick's mother, Judy, spent hours each day teaching Rick the alphabet with sandpaper letters and posting signs on every object in the house. (laughs) And in a short amount of time, Rick actually learned the alphabet. And this was the first time and just the beginning of Dick and Judy's quest for Rick's inclusion in community in sports, in education, and one day in the workplace. Yeah, it's pretty special to see that his parents went against conventional wisdom and could begin to see how he was developing. And it really started to lead to a, a really a special bond beyond just the normal one of a parent and, and someone with, with special needs. Well, Dick and Judy fought to integrate Rick into the public school system and actually pushed administrators to see beyond Rick's physical limitations Dick and Judy would then take Rick sledding and swimming like any other child. And after providing concrete evidence of Rick's intellect and ability to learn like everybody else, Dick and Judy needed to find a way to help Rick communicate for himself. So with $5,000 in 1972 and a skilled group of engineers at Tufts University, an interactive computer was built for Rick. And this computer consisted of a cursor used to highlight every letter in the alphabet. And once the letter Rick wanted was highlighted, he was able to select it by just a simple tap of his head. So he's actually, Stephen, able to communicate in a wheelchair without the use of his arms and legs. Pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, especially for that time period, Jeff. I mean, that was just state-of-the-art technology. And for them to to build that, and he went on to to go able to go to public school after that. So we're going to fast forward a little bit, Stephen, to spring of 1977. And Team Hoyt began when Rick asked his father if they could run a race together to benefit, get this, to benefit a lacrosse player at his school who had become paralyzed. So 
Rick wanted to help someone he saw paralyzed in the condition that he was in. Pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, and it's just cool to hear that you know somebody you think would would need help, them reaching out and wanting to help somebody else, and and presenting this with his to his dad about knowing that he can't run, but they wanted to to run this race together. Was well, dad Dick was not a runner. He's actually thirty six years old, but you know, as a great father does, makes sacrifices, and so. He gave up his time, his money, his physical energy for the sake of his children to make a better life or sometimes merely bring a smile. And so Dick started running and he'd not been a runner before, but as a great father, his son's request was really all the motivation that he needed. And so he agreed to push his son's wheelchair the full five miles. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Somebody who hadn't really <laughs> run at all before. He, I think he was a, a lieutenant colonel in the National Guard and just kind of shifted his focus to to not only help somebody else, but really to help his son achieve this dream of of, of running and, and doing an, an event together like that. Well, though this was a five-mile race, it was really important in what turned out to be Team Hoyt because after the race, Rick said to his dad, Dad, when I'm running, it feels like I'm not even handicapped. So after that first initial five-mile run, they began running every day. And when Rick was at school, Dick would actually run with a bag of cement and a wheelchair to <laughs> pretend like Rick was actually in the wheelchair just so he would improve his fitness. And before long, they were doing longer and longer races. Yeah, get this, Jeff. When when he, at his best, would run would run a 5K, he got all the way down to 17 minutes. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. So 17 minute 5k while pushing his son. Uh, that's, that's pretty amazing. So his fitness not only got in better shape, but he was running at a pretty fast clip. Well, in 1981, the Hoyts would finish their very first Boston marathon, the 26.2 mile trek through downtown Boston with Dick pushing Rick in a special wheelchair. The event Dick admitted later was somewhat difficult for him, but four years later on Father's Day, the father and son would take on something that was at the time unprecedented, a triathlon that consisted of a one-mile swim, a 40-mile bike ride, and a 20-mile run. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys have seen footage of this, but I mean, he's literally like you know, swimming and pulling his son in a, in a boat and doing all those things with the bike you know, in tandem and then pushing the wheelchair. I mean, just to do a, a big triathlon like that alone, but much less doing that with your son in, in those kind of conditions, just absolutely incredible, Jeff. I mean, you think about sheer willpower. I know we've talked several times on this podcast about your why, but just imagine that of giving your son that gift and, and being able to do things that are normally are hard for just one person, but really doing it with uh, with somebody else. Well, from there, it went on and on, and there was more marathons and more triathlons. And Stephen, I think the total accomplishments, I think you have some of the numbers in front of you. Yeah, so get this, guys. So he went on to run 72 marathons. 32 of them were from the Boston Marathon. He did six Ironmans, 257 triathlons all the way together, 97 half marathons, 219 10Ks, 162 five miles, 176 5Ks. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Seven half mar- or half Ironmans, 
So imagine all of these events, so much so that this, a statue was actually created of the Hoyts near the start of the Boston Marathon. There's this really incredible full-size bronze statue of them. They were also put into the uh, Iron Man Hall of Fame in 2008. Again, we mentioned that bronze statue. And then also they were honored at the Jimmy V. SB Awards in 2013 as well. So just really inspirational and just to see a father and son just accomplish these things together, their why for that, and to see them to grow and accomplish that was just really amazing. And unfortunately, like Jeff, you said you know, the, the father, um, Dick, had passed away, you know, this 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 past week, but it was just felt like it was it was the right thing to do to kind of honor the memory and what they've given to the sport of running. And Stephen, I'll finish with this. Their motto is, yes, you can, to promote the message that you can do anything you set your mind to for individuals with or without disability. And for decades, the Hoyts were told, no, you can't. But obviously, they had a different message in mind. And I think, too, like you were saying, if you think back to the beginning of the story, they were told to put Rick into an institution. And they were being told what Rick's limitations were. But they weren't going to take that. Right. They, they weren't going to let someone else define what their son's limitations would be. And they advocated on behalf of their son. And so for me, like the two takeaways, obviously there's inspiration and right. you can do hard things and you can do more than you think you can. But also I think the two lessons for me is, one, don't let people set limitations on you. Yeah. Like it's up to you to decide you know, what your limitations are. It's not for someone else to decide. And then also, who can you advocate for that can't advocate for themselves? I mean, mm -hmm. Rick was not in a position where he could advocate for himself. He couldn't even communicate at that point. But his mom and dad saw something and, and knew there was more there. And so they advocated on behalf of their son time and time again. And the rest is history. Yeah. And that's why we, we labeled this news you can use, because I think, Jeff, your point about limitations is is perfect. I mean, I think a lot of times when you're in the moment, and again, I know this isn't exactly the same thing, but when you're you're struggling, you know, on your runs and you feel like there's limitations, you can you can do better things. I know we've talked to several listeners and sometimes people say, Oh, well, you you can't you can't do an ultra, like you know, talking to a coworker or something like that, or you could never do that, or I could never do that. And you said people people literally really tag you with limitations. And I think that's what's so amazing about even seeing something way more serious than trail running and limitations that were put on them and, and insurmountable odds, but for them to accomplish all those things, I mean, just 32 Boston marathons. I mean, seriously, that's, that's just incredible without limitations. And so I think you're spot on. It's just Really look at that. And, and I think you're right, Jeff, looking around to the left and the right and just seeing who you can help out, I think is important. I think that's what we love so much about the trail running community. Yeah. So Stephen, we just wanted to take a little bit of time to honor the memory of, of Dick Hoyt, who, as you mentioned, passed away. It's actually on St. Patrick's Day, which somehow feels <laughs> right. You know, if there is a time he was 80 years old, what a life well lived. What an example of someone who just pushed his limits, but did it because of the love. His why was his son mm -hmm. and, and allowing his son to feel as he typed out like he wasn't handicapped. What an amazing story. And with that, Stephen, that is News You Can Use.
Well, Stephen, one of the things we love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there just making it happen. Who do we have today? Jeff, this week we have on episode number 35, we have Chris and he goes by Ultra underscore Chris on Instagram. I, I hope I'm saying that right. I'm going to get my own inflection. On. Ultra. Yes, it's O-O-L. T-R-A underscore Chris. And Chris is a rookie trail runner, but he is already off and running, pun intended. Uh, He's a lover of long runs and the outdoors, but just doing some really good stuff. He's a great follow on Instagram and I think a newer listener to the podcast, but just some really cool pictures just out there really taking on trail running. I know he loves his his ultras too, but uh, Chris, just way to get out there, way to just jump into the sport and, and tackle it. And you're just doing an amazing job. So congratulations on, on all your runs. And you know what else is cool about Chris? What? He has a sick chin beard. He he does. He is he is rocking it and, and he can do it right. <laughs> well, that way to go, Chris. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Marcy Baser. Still has the best music of anybody. Stephen, how come we don't have walk-up music? I don't know. I think we should. Maybe we should crowdsource uh, our walk-up music. You think so? Yes. I'll find y'all some walk-up. Oh music. no! Right. <laughs> oh boy! I don't know. If that sounds dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Maybe. Uh, I'll, we'll look into it. Yeah. We'll look into okay, it. Okay, well, we can have I'll some send options. I'll a few things. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. There we go. I like that. Well, Marcy, you have not been with us for a, quite a while. I know. I've this missed you guys. Life has been happening. Things well, have been yeah, getting in the way. Yeah. It has. Good things. Yeah, but things. Just think. Not as good as this. Right. <laughs> What's as good as this? We knew <laughs> that you, you were pining away and just like, when can I get back on the show, please? <laughs> I, <know>. I kept <laughs> sending him texts. Hey, guys, nice. I'm available. Yeah. yeah. What about today? What not about today? not today. Right. You thought today, not today. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> we're glad you're here. Thank you. We do have a few new listeners since the last time you were on the show. All right. I'm good sure job. they went back and listened. I'm sure they did. Steven. Yes, they've listened to all the episodes. All, yeah, they binge listen to all of them. Uh, yes. <laughs> but Marcy's here because, first of all, she's awesome. Yes. Uh, thank you. Yeah, we think so. And also because Marcy is a future trail runner. We're still looking towards the future on that. <laughs> We're still looking. <laughs> <laughs> a more distant future. <laughs> well, Marcy, we did have a lot of people in this last race that were first-time trail runners, uh, and they did well. So Good for them. <laughs> I'm proud of all of them. <laughs> Just clapping. Yes. <laughs> a clap of appreciation. It is. Yeah. I do appreciate other runners. Yeah. It's well, hard. I think at least that we, you've graduated from not thinking running is stupid, maybe? I don't know. Well, you know, uh, we did graduate from that. Right. And then I saw Bandera. Uh, right. And then we went back to that. Oh, we went back. <laughs> we backslid after I watched what those hundred people were going through. I thought, this is stupid. I was right. Man, these people are brutal. Right. So we did not help our cause at all. No, no. no. Oh, uh, but I did consider actually just today because of the beautiful weather going out and looking at a trail. Wow. Look I was at, looking I was, at one. I was, yes. I was going to go walking. I do like to walk. Yeah. And I thought about going on the trail, but it was kind of far. Yeah. 
Well, so, you know, there's that. Here's the thing: Marcy's a really good athlete. In fact, your dad, your dad played in the NFL. Well, my dad did, yes. But I've seen you play pickleball. You pick up, oh, you pick up things very quickly. Yes. So it's not like Thanks, you can't Jeff trail Harold. run. It's just that you opt not to. Uh, yeah. I mean, I do yes. enjoy the trails. Yes. yes. Oh, yes. Thank yes. you, Stephen. Yes. 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 All yes. right. You know what? I think we need to set a date. We should. Oh, that's good. You know what? We can just go for a trail walk. And then take and, some and selfies. If, and if things pick up a little bit, right, we'll if just you, see what happens if, out there. Right. If we could, you, you never know what you're going to find on the trail. You might find might some treats. <laughs> right. On something. <laughs> right. That's true. Oh, we, we can do like up a, some stuff. Like a Hansel, Hansel and Gretel half marathon. <laughs> like, I was thinking like two miles. Oh, okay. okay that's good. <laughs> see, that's where you lose me. Okay. It's these I was overreaching. Oh, I, yeah, I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm Start so sorry. Little. Start little. <laughs> well, here's what we're doing with Marcy today. So the first few times we had Marcy on, we wanted to introduce her to trail running. And so there's certain terminology that's unique to trail running. And we've had Marcy also guess different races and pick what she thought might be the hardest trail race. We've done lots of really fun things. Yes. yes. We're kind of going back to the basics on this one, Marcy. All right. We're going to have you tell us what these very common trail terms mean. All right. Does that sound good? All right, I'm in. Well, we do have a lot of new listeners, and we do actually have a lot of new people that are trail running. So I think this will be very, very helpful to get a fresh perspective, some some new energy, and just really help them unpack some of this stuff. So I think you're going to really help some of our newer runners and listeners out. Well, honestly, you could probably give me the same terms, and I'd still get them wrong. So (laughs) (laughs) feel free to reuse them. I won't remember. It was a long time ago. (laughs) I do feel like this is going to be a learning experience for all of us. I. Yeah, <laughs> all of us within listening ear, right? We're gonna learn something right now. Oh, yes. Oh boy! All right, you ready? There's gonna be five, so we'll see how many you can get out of five. Okay, here we go. The first one is drop bag. Drop bag, boys. I know this one. Oh, or uh, Yeah, yeah, because of Bandera. That's right. Oh, yeah, see? They had the bags out there that were all soaking wet that was supposed to have their great stuff in right. their middle of their fun race that they were enjoying so much <laughs> to go get. And their their stuff was in the middle of the race. It was in a bag that was dropped by somebody else. Oh, that's very, good. That's uh-huh. it. Oh, wait. Hang on. Hey! <laughs> that really might be my first real I got that right. Yeah. I don't know what that is. So I do have to ask you, because there were a lot of bags out at Bandera. They were getting rained on, so we had to move them a couple different times. But did you did you peruse any of them? Did you see any of the ingredients? Anything that may have caught your eye? I did not dig through other people's purses, Jeff. Were you digging Person, through their, their, were you digging their, through their bags, Jeff? Are you going to eat well, that at, at your halfway no, point? I did not dig through anyone's bags. <laughs> well, we did run out of... Oreos at one point, the the, vanil- the vanilla ones, yeah. Oh, yeah right. So yeah. I had to find some more. <laughs> well, it was a little different because we were outside the barn, and the night before, to Marcy's point, people would just go drop their stuff, and there's a lot of food in there, and we're out in the wild, so we were concerned. Like, raccoons. do the raccoons yeah. come? And they're pretty creative little little critters, they you know. Can do all sorts of stuff, right? So. They I left just, them alone, though. Just they they knew the rules. So yeah. basically, you two dug through the drop bags and blamed raccoons. Is that what I'm hearing no, happened out we, there? We were hungry. <laughs> I mean, and I need gear. And, and I I, need, you were looking I, for gear. I, I was looking for gear, and Jeff was looking for some, some refills on 
on, on the blonde Oreos. On blonde Oreos. <laughs> right. So if you ran Bandera, if you did the 100K and you're missing some gear, <laughs> that's probably in Steven's bag right now. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> okay, one for one. There we go. That's that impressive. Awesome. But you know what, Jeff? I think this is really cool. I think she's learning. And yeah, I, I mean, that yeah. just rolled right off of her tongue. It did. She just like, she felt so comfortable. I mean, you guys can't see her, but... I mean, she's confident and proud. I mean, I so am. I am. I'm going to take that as a as a win. As oh, a win. big big win! You yeah. guys are such good teachers. Progress. Yeah. Pat okay. yourselves on the back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you let's say, let's get through the other four first <laughs> before there's I any. Think we should call it <laughs> right before we start doing any padding. Let's let's go ahead and do that. All right. So, Marcy, here's the second one. All right, and this is a common term. I, I won't give you any, any other hints and stuff, but this one is called a snot rocket. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to do it? <laughs> oh, whoa! Uh-oh. I don't feel like. I mean, if it's what I think it is, I don't think that's just a trail running situation. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm. Can I do it on the microphone? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she got it right. I am like, this is amazing. Two for two. I'm. I'm going to take this as as an evolutionary whoa, change. Oh my- we, yes. We got two for two, Stephen. Yeah. I, and a demonstration. Yes. If you guys don't know, Marcy very eloquently put one <laughs> finger on one nostril, did a little bit of a tilt back with the head, and then the appropriate, you know, exiting of the air out of out of the nostril. I mean it was for everyone to hear. It was very elegant and yes. Thank you, elegant. Uh, yeah. Elegant. I mean if, if oh. as, as far as snot rockets go. That was the most eloquent snot rocket oh, I've ever you. seen. Thank you, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Well, for those of you guys that don't know, a snot rocket is what you do, just what Marcy did. You cover up one nostril with a finger, and if you have anything that's bothering you in either nostril, you can just blow real hard. Now, the, the issue, though, is when you're trail running, you got to look around a little bit, and then actually, after, after our last race, you got to pull your mask down, because oh. you don't want to snot rocket into your mask. Did you run with your mask on? Um, sometimes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I would die. <laughs> <laughs> but when you get there, then maybe the mask thing. So just leave that out. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you could also use your mask as a, as a snot rocket catcher. Oh. I do also find when you're running and you're, and you're doing the snot rocket, you got to make sure you understand where it ends up. Because sometimes it's a little bit of a something about Mary scenario where it ends up on your on your body somewhere, and you're not really sure where it went. And I have a beard, and sometimes that's where it went. That's true. I never so thought you about be that. Careful. You have like a little snot parrot beard. On- <laughs> yeah. There's an etiquette. There's there's a technique, and Marcy just demonstrated it. Right. It takes a lot of power to make sure it gets far away from your body. That's the key. It's like spitting a loogie out your nose. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. No, no. You don't want that on your car windshield on the side of your window. That happens a lot to me. No, no, that's yeah. true. Do you guys bend down and do it or you just go full upright? I mean, I run kind of backwards and do it out the back end. Kind of. <laughs> Whoa. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I Wait think a that's a different. I think we need that's a, a different term. I don't think he knows Sorry. what it is. I don't want a demonstration. <laughs> I, no, I thank you. <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying. I turn. I run backwards, and so that it shoots the opposite way I'm running. That's what <laughs> I meant to go. say. That, that's what that I meant to say. Sounds a little better, but not as fun. Not as not near as fun. No. 
I don't know. I'm in the shower when I do it. I'm not running. <laughs> well, there, that's good. That's easy cleanup. Right, exactly. Okay. Doesn't matter where it goes. Right. And Marcy does not have a beard, so that's great. Not anymore. She shaved her COVID beard. I did. Yeah. Uh, mustache November thing. It's, it's all I gone. I thought that was for all of us. It turns out it was just for the guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, well. <laughs> well, you're two for two. This is very encouraging. I'm feeling very confident about number three. I'm like a proud parent right now. I, I just know. feel like I'm beaming. Yeah. Number three, you ready for this one, Marcy? I'm ready. Struggle bus. Oh, once again, I live on that. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I am well-versed in the struggle bus. You know, my life has been just a, a series of getting on and off said bus. But my, um, I feel like this also, it crosses many genres of life. But yeah, struggle bus is when you are... Uh, Having a real hard time. Hard go of it, if you will. I'm assuming if you apply that to running, you're probably in the last place. <laughs> I'm very familiar with that concept. <laughs> or you want to get on the struggle bus to get off the trail. <laughs> get, get me away from here. Yes, you nailed it. I mean, that's it. That's three go. for three. Did three she get a three? ding? Oh, my goodness. Ding, 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 I was ding, struggling ding. to find the button. There we go. <laughs> This is exciting. Three for we've you've never this, you've never been three for three. Right. I don't think I've honestly I mean you guys have given me some. There's been some half points, but I'm not sure I've ever gotten any actually like I knew what they were. You're just yeah. you're just rolling through these. I've been hanging out with y'all for a while. That's I true. catch on. I think Bandera did more good for Marcy than she realized. It's one of those yeah. those things where oh, yeah. she's like, you know, this might be stupid, but then <laughs> It's like, you know, when you feel like school, you think school's stupid. That, yeah, pretty much. But when you're trying to calculate, you know, 20% off of these pair of shoes, you know, you're like, oh, oh that, math, that, math, that math paid off. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. That's a very good point. So I'm, think, I'm thinking. I do want to say, I don't feel like running is stupid for other people. Right. I don't look at them and go, you're stupid. I mean, I'm really impressed with these ultra runners and all that. It is hard. I just think. Why? <laughs> it looks painful. You know, we talk a lot about that on the show, Marcy, our why, why we run. So, yeah, why is a big question. Yeah. All right, so Marcy, um, you are three for three. So here, right. here's, we've got two more. So here's another one for you. Uh, this one is called Pain Cave. Pain Cave. Yeah. Okay, the Pain Cave. I have to use this. Could you spell that, please? Um, yes, it's Latin for penis cavus. <laughs> I don't think you can say that on the air. Yeah, we're gonna get the big E after our podcast. After that, I gotta click the explicit checkbox. It is French for la pain de cave. Oh wow, nice Frenchie. Yeah, he just did a snot rocket with his mouth. <laughs> Okay. I think you, know, you spent some time yeah. in Paris. I thought maybe you yeah, try something different. The pain cave. That's where you go yeah. curl up after you finish that ultra in your pain cave. I don't know. I mean, but I think that's pretty pretty close, actually. Um, you don't do it after usually, though. The pain cave is during. During. Yeah. Yes. During. It's so, like yeah, a it's mental very block. 
Yeah. Yeah. We're going to give you half a point for that one because, yeah, it's, it's usually like a, a metaphorical term when you're you're in the moment and you're just feeling all that discomfort. You want to quit. You're, you're in the pain cave. How do you get out of the cave? That's my problem. I quickly found myself in the cave yeah. after a good, I don't know, quarter mile. Right. And getting out of that was impossible. I think that's where comfort stations come into play. <laughs> 100%. So every quarter mile, if I had a comfort station, right. I could make it. It gives you a little sign of hope and, and that kind days. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So pain cave is not a room full of Legos where you have to walk across. <laughs> it, it is... It is that dark, deep place where you're like, why am I doing this? My body is screaming at me to tell me to stop. And then you you get out of the pain cave once you see the Oreos. Yes, The I Oreos. Mu- I must read the official definition, Stephen. Okay, it's yes. So enlightening. As you mentioned, it's a metaphorical dark place of extended discomfort, Ooh. often experienced during trail ultras. There you go. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. That's like Merriam-Webster <laughs> of trail running. Did you write that yourself, Jeff? I did. Did you like that? <laughs> That's why I had to say it. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, wow, I added trail running. This sounds had, like Jeff. I had verbs and adjectives in there and stuff. <laughs> Jeff Webster. <laughs> <laughs> Miriam Harold. Yes. Well, we're three and a half out of four. Okay. If you this got three and a half good. stars out of four, you would be like a Michelin level restaurant or something. Right. Well, I don't have. Yeah. You know. I don't know about that. You know, Jeff. <laughs> Food, I know, Jeff. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. I I think Marcy might actually attempt and maybe even get the trivecta because this next one, I think that um, now that I'm kind of sensing this, and now that she's, you know, obviously. She's married to Tim. I think she might actually get she'll this. Probably, she'll get this she, one. She'll she get might this one. get this one. You, Marcy, you could be in for the ultimate package. Ah! Yeah. You ready? I'm ready. I'm so okay. excited. nervous, though? I'm a little, a little bit. Nervous. I'm starting to sweat. No pressure now. <laughs> okay. All right, we need I'm just saying, don't, we need don't the, blow this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we need the official definition of a shart. <laughs> Just made me sharp right then. <laughs> we need the the Jeff Harold Mary um, Webster. Well, the official official. Uh, yep. As Tim would say, the S word mixed with a fart, and it accidentally produced something in your undies. Whoa! Whoa. Yeah. That is correct. You see how she and referenced it's a surprise when it happens. Yeah, she referenced Tim in in her yes. knowledge of that. So yes, that is correct in any language. <laughs> any language that is correct. The thing that happens when a fart unexpectedly produces something more. A known hazard in trail running. <laughs> Man, those are surprising. Uh, yes, that that is the leave no trace um, opposite of that. <laughs> well, technically, it's in your I mean, bridges. Yeah, well, but still, <laughs> there's probably a. Trace they call them somewhere. ultras for a reason. <laughs> Gotta carry that around with you for a while. That's never very good. Uh, yeah. Did I get them all, sort of? Four and a half out of five. I mean, I mean that is impressive. I, I'm sitting here with my mouth open. <laughs> Marcy's literally lifting up the, the champion arms on yeah. either side either of her. Side. For myself. Yeah. For myself. If I could get myself on my own shoulders right now, I'd probably <laughs> carry myself around. She's going to hoist room. herself out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's very good. We, oh. we should someday invest in a camera so people could see these things that are happening. Oh, we Lord, can snot rocket the sharding. <laughs> yes. All the things. If, if we're playing charades, we would probably get those based off of the... <laughs> I do a lot of talking with the hands, yeah. a lot of acting out. Right. It's like you're practically Italian. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> well, you did really well, Marcy. We're very proud of you. Thanks, Four and a half guys. out of five stars. Yes. Incredible job. That is Marcy Baser. Great job, Marcy. Stephen, believe it or not, that is the end of episode Midlife Crisis 35. Well, we made it out without buying a whole bunch of stuff. So I, I think, bought a Corvette. <laughs> yes, I bought, I bought a Harley in between uh, all of our, our segments here. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. I know we have a lot of new listeners out there, and we surely... We definitely appreciate that. So thank you guys for listening. What a great episode. Marcy Baser was back. And Chris, great job on, on trail running. We really appreciate that. Rory, thank you so much for, for doing that that introduction. And Steven, we have... I'm, I'm going to do this. I, I, I was not sure if I would or not, but right. I'm going to do this. I am going to not only dare the listeners to tell one person about the podcast, because we want to grow. We want right. to continue to grow. Yeah. And... I want to not only dare someone, I'm going to double dog dare them. Oh, that is like the ultimate challenge of challenges. So uh, we yeah, we want you to definitely share it. Now, don't just share it with somebody random to just tick off Jeff's dare. I mean, you can't just check the list off that. I mean, it has to be somebody, not not the clerk at the grocery store, unless they're into trail running, but, and, and don't tell somebody they need to trail run kind of thing. But if you see somebody that you're a friend with and somebody out there in your running group, do us a favor. Just tell them about the podcast. You know, tell them to try it out. Money back guarantee. They're going to love it. Yes, Stephen. Great show. And I did want to say too, we we are so thankful for all the listeners for the Big S Runner. The fact that you guys take time out of your day, listen to us on your run, on your commute, working out, however you listen to us. We just wanted to know. We were very humbled by that and we really appreciate it. Yeah, we don't take it for granted. So congratulations. Thanks again so much for listening. Until then, get out there, run those trails. And keep running your asses off. I triple dog dare you. Hello, everyone. This is Rory Shevchek, and I'm a big-ass runner from Madison, Wisconsin, where we love our trails, cheese, beer, and badgers. Go, Wisconsin. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast. <laughs> I don't know what I'm we're just... doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally Are you to... going to go? Uh, okay. I'll need my intro music. <laughs> Three. Oh, sorry. The sticky, yeah, the stomach. With the sticky, with the goo in your, oh, hang on. Goo gut. <laughs> and you, you can chime in if you okay. want to. Okay, all right, yeah, no I, I don't want to like read, read for 10 minutes. Oh, no. <laughs> I <don't, laughs> wasn't sure. <laughs> I, I had a good close in mind. Let me think about this for a second. It's late at night, my mind, my mind. Oh, I had something good. One no, time. we can't, we can't, we power through it. I, I remember what it was. Okay.
I don't have anything to add. Oh, okay. so, uh, no, I'm just saying I don't have anything to add unless you want me to add anything else. I'll find y'all some walk-up Oh, music. no. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. If that sounds dangerous. Yeah, I don't know about that. Maybe. Oh, but, I'll, we'll look into it. Yeah. We'll look into okay, it. Okay, well, we can have I'll some options. I'll send you a few things. We'll see how it goes. Go, baby!